Hi, welcome to the Gillett and Brims podcast. Um, I'm Nat Gillett, and uh, this week again we've got um, a friend of mine that I'm interviewing. I've got Nick Taylor here. Nick, do you want to say hello? Hi, everyone. I've known Nick for, um, well, I don't know, quite a few years, mate. Yeah, since about 2006, I Okay, think. so a decade. Yeah. Um, we worked together at a um, design agency a number of years ago. FMI Media. FMI Media. Um, but no, it's great, and it's great. We've, we've stayed in touch, and we've seen each other over the years and um, various things. Um, and I've got Nick here today just to tell us a bit of his story. But Nick, you celebrated a, a, an important anniversary recently. Do you want to just tell us what that was? Yeah, uh, on the 10th of November, I celebrated two years... Um, without a bet, without a gamble, okay, which uh, is really significant uh, for me because before that I was, I was completely addicted to gambling. Okay. Do you want to tell us a bit about that and how did that start? Yeah. Well, um, from about the age of about 16, I was in pubs with my friends and there were fruit machines with, you know, £10 jackpots, which okay. was a big deal at the time sure. back in 1996. And uh, I would spend a lot of time either watching my friends play and, and win money, and then I would start doing the same myself. Right. Um, and I got hooked. And it kind of went from strength to strength from after that. So I then went to university, mm. um, got a student loan, and decided to spend most of that on, a, on a, an arcade in the uh, seaside town of Bogner. Right. Where, where you're not short of an arcade or two. In fact, my student house was above an arcade. Mm. Uh, so it was easy for me to, to get there. And now, Were you aware at the time this was a problem? <coughs> or were you just, was it just part of your student lifestyle? And you just, did, you, did you ever think, oh, this is becoming a problem? I, I did think it was a problem every time I uh, lost lots of money. Right. But whenever I won money, uh, I felt on top of the world okay. and uh, indestructible. And I felt like it was the completely the right thing to do because I'd suddenly tripled, quadrupled my money yeah. and I could afford to, to go out and treat my friends and treat myself. Okay. Um, so you're kind, you're, you can't, you're kind of blinkered by uh, the result of the, of, of the bet, really. Mm. So after that, after that I um, carried on gambling and then there was the invention of internet gambling. Sure. Internet sites in the probably about five or six years ago. And then around that same sort of time as well, I started going into bookies on the high street okay. and uh, was hooked by the um, fixed odds betting terminals, right. which uh, you've probably seen in the news quite a lot as I think some people are calling them the cancer of our high street. Right, okay. Highly addictive um, betting machines where you can sort of spend up to about £50 in a couple of minutes. Right, goodness yeah. me. And was this something that you were keeping hidden from people, or like, was it? Did, you, did other people know about it? Were you trying to stop, or tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I wasn't honest about it mm. because as time went on, I was aware that it was a problem. Having said that, I I also uh, told people snippets of what I was doing. Right. So I I would uh, say that I was having a gamble, but I perhaps wouldn't admit how much I'd lost. Mm. or how often I was doing it. Um, I would often lie to my wife about where I was. Um, and, in fact, I remember working with you, mate, at mm. uh, FMI, and on our lunch breaks, I would sometimes go to the Weatherspoons pub at the top of Leatherhead High Street. I remember it. <laughs> yeah. I came in there, didn't I? Yeah, and I think you saw me there. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, that was an interesting time, um, because I didn't want you guys to know. No. Because I knew, quite rightly, that you would challenge me on it. Um, 
and some friends have been great and they challenged me on it. Um, my wife was very supportive through it all. And it, but it's a very, it's a horrible web you get yourself tangled in because mm. you, you want everything in you wants to gamble. And then you have to fight that against knowing it's not, uh, knowing you can't afford to, knowing it's not uh, in line with my Christian beliefs. Yeah. Um, knowing that all of my friends want me to stop and knowing that I maybe should be looking after my kids instead of spending a couple of hours on the computer at home having a gamble. So it really tied, tied me up in knots. And you say your Christian beliefs. Now, you were you brought up in a Christian family, but yeah. then you walked away from faith, didn't you, for a time? And then yeah. you came back. But you, it wasn't like Christianity helped you sort of rid all these um, addictions straight away. No, 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 not at all. No, I, yeah, I was brought up in, a, in a, a loving Christian home in a very unique environment in Cobham where there was, it seemed, you know, half the town was part of the same church, right, which yeah. was amazing. But it meant that I was in a little bit of a bubble. And when I went to university, I suddenly had the opportunity to experience lots of things that I hadn't done mm. before. And so there, was a, there was a freedom mm. for me to go and try things and there was no one really there to tell me to stop when I came back from university I got back stuck stuck in with the church again at about the age of about 23 24 but that didn't really help with my gambling as such partly because I didn't tell everyone about it and partly because I perhaps didn't think it was a big problem right, sure. a little bit of self-denial there uh-huh. so it was only really uh in August of 2014 when after trying counselling, after trying cognitive behavioural therapy, after trying hypnotherapy. Right. Um, because what's it feel like to be addicted, Nick? How would you describe it? Uh, it is, takes over everything about you. Yeah. So if I wasn't thinking about how to gamble, how to have my next bet, mm. I was thinking about a previous bet that had either gone wrong or that I'd won. And I would get a get a little mini high off thinking, wow, do you remember then when, when those sevens rolled in and I won £500? Mm. That felt really good. Mm. Or knowing that I had my secret stash of, of money in my bag and planning, you know, my my journey home past the bookies yeah. and thinking, getting very excited about the 10 minutes I can nip in there and tell my wife that I was had to stay work, stay at work late. And is there, is there a sort of sense of, do you carry a lot of guilt and... shame feeling inside or do you just push that away or does that that's not there i mean i don't know yeah it's very it came and went okay and again like i said earlier about the um the peaks and troughs depending on whether you win or lose yeah it it completely affected my mood in that way so i felt horrendously guilty depressed down in the dumps i was horrible to be around when i lost yeah but when i won i was you know top of the world um and, you know, I wanted to share my winnings with my wife and my family, mm. but I wasn't able to because then I'd have to, I'd be answerable as to where I got the money. Where did you get it from? Yeah, sure. But when I, when I was down, it was, it's very, very difficult to get back out of it. And even as a Christian during all this, yeah. even having faith that, you know, God wants uh, more for me than that. And God is available to, or God, God wants to heal me. Yeah. Um, even even with the knowledge of all that, it still felt like a whirlpool mm. where you just, as however much you scrambled to get out, mm. you just couldn't. There's mm. nothing I could do about it. And God, it felt like God wasn't answering my prayers mm. for a couple of years. Okay. And you say you tried all these different things. Yeah. That Where did that lead you to then, to a point when you 
did you feel hopeless or did you or was there something else that came along that did help or what um hopeless is a is a very key word yeah mm. um i think I regularly felt hopeless mm. i had um like i said cognitive behavioral therapy which was um run by the nhs yeah which didn't really do anything for me no okay um I had uh, free counselling that was offered to me by um, GamCare, which is set up by the gambling industry. Okay. Um, they obviously recognise that there are people who are going to get hooked. Uh, the irony there was I had to get a train to Clapham Junction right. and walk past two betting shops and an arcade sure. to get to um, the counselling room, yes. which was, uh, led itself all different kinds of problems, as you can okay. imagine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and... And then I had tried hypnotherapy. Was it helpful, the oh. counselling? Was it just... No, it wasn't very helpful. helpful. Okay, no, no. I, okay. It, fe- it felt very, very wooden and very, um, not very personal. I was sitting with one person and talking yeah. through the issues, was yes. it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then you had hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy. Okay. I had a couple of sessions of that. Right. Yeah. I had um, a few chats with some, with some close friends before that about whether it was a good idea to sort of let myself be opened up yeah. in that sense, spiritually. But actually, it just... It, it did absolutely nothing for me. Um, okay. And uh, what did it involve? I've never. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the old watch swinging it in front of your yeah, eyes. Or... I, I thought it was going to be. I have yeah. to say, and I didn't accept any drinks from the guy who was uh, <laughs> who was doing it because I wondered he might slip me something to help me nod off and steal my wallet. But no, it, it basically um, involved me lying on a couch uh, and this guy sat at the other side of the room, played right. some music, right. and talked at me. I dozed off. And um, he apparently spoke words over me, or you know, to me yeah. while I'm in that sort of that trance between sleep and okay. awakeness. But it didn't do anything for me. No, sure. No. But but I was so desperate at this point. I wanted yeah. to give it a go. I wanted to try anything. Yeah, of course. Um, just reaching out for exactly, something. and and nothing seemed to work. And and looking back, I wonder if some of these things, like the CBT, the counselling, I, I wonder whether some of that was it didn't work because I wasn't completely ready to want to make the change mm. because I was still hooked. Mm. I still actually really enjoyed the gambling, mm. especially when I won. And I think that I was only really reaching out to God for healing in my downtimes, in my heart of hearts, perhaps I wasn't quite ready to give it up. Still wanted it. And would you say it's the same reason for why prayer didn't work? So I presume some people prayed for you in this yeah period yeah um and we all know that sometimes prayer doesn't seem to work does it yeah like what would you looking back on that now would you say the reason that the prayer didn't work is because you weren't in the right place for it or because people were asking for the wrong things or like how, how would you reflect on that maybe a couple of things i think you're right that i wasn't completely ready for the change and i think also there's something about the prayers of an of someone who's gone through it being right. really powerful okay um I'm not sure that's a biblical truth that sort of stands up to anything, sure. but I definitely think that there is there is power in the understanding and then the subsequent prayers yes. of someone who's gone through it and God has healed them. Right. Um, and that um, is what happened to me eventually. Okay, tell us about it. Yeah, Love so, to hear about it. Yeah, how did it? Yeah. Um, in in August of 2014, I was invited to a men's fish and chip dinner. Lovely. Uh, yeah, lovely. And uh, if I remember rightly, the food was, was lovely. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was at, um, at a church, at his church, and there was a guy called Justin Larkham who okay. was speaking. Uh, and he had recently 
uh, been in the in one of the new, national newspapers because he had lost three quarters of a million pounds gambling. Right. He was a decorated army soldier. I forget okay. which rank. Okay. Um, but he'd won the, the the Queen's Sword of Honor. Right. Um, he was a high flying businessman. Had it all. Had a family. And lost everything and ended up, you know, with a sack of potatoes and a sack of clothes to his name. Right. And, you know, uh, millions of, well, not millions, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of debt. Right. Anyway, so, mm. but he he was healed okay. by God um, at his lowest point. Right. And he came to share his story at the church. Okay. And uh, I made contact with him, told him bits of my story. And he invited me down to see him in Kent and to chat more about yeah, it. So yeah, I went yeah. down, it was November before I went down, and uh, we, just, we just chatted. Mm. Uh, and at the end of that time, he prayed for me. Mm. Um, he gave me a Bible verse as well, mm-hmm. which was uh, Joel 2. And I forget exactly which verse, but I think it's like 24, 25. Okay. So it's about God promising to restore what the locusts took away right, for Israel yes, yes. and he said that was relevant to me because um God wanted to restore to me everything that gambling had taken away right um what he didn't know was I had a son called Joel at the right. time so to me it was an extra yeah. special um verse because we'd named our son Joel after the prophet Joel in the bible sure um so it had a special meaning to us and that was on November the 10th 2014 and I haven't gambled since and I can't tell you exactly what changed that day there was nothing there was nothing inside me that suddenly felt different mm. except that i i didn't have this this urge this compulsive urge to gamble amazing yeah. but i can't really explain to you what what that felt like no it just sort of happened it just it wasn't like you made a a, a decision or anything it, it was the guy <laughs> prayed for you shared this verse and it just it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. God just did it. God just did it. Yeah. But I I still had to make a decision to to try not to gamble. Yeah. Sure. But because I'm, I'm even to this day I'm still tempted sometimes. Yeah. Of course. Um, but the temptations from three years ago. Yeah. I would give in a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Whereas like if I wanted to now I give in zero percent of the time. Yeah. Sure. And and it's not difficult for me no. to avoid temptation. Whereas before. It would have taken absolutely every ounce of my strength to avoid temptation, and I rarely did. Quite a change then. Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. It was amazing. Really amazing. Yeah. So, like, it's two years. Yeah. Have you found that you've helped, been able to help other people with gambling addictions? Like, how has how has this change sort of changed you? Like, have you or not? I mean, have, I guess you don't always meet people with gambling addictions every day, do you? Yeah. But like, how how how's the last two years been in terms of that freeing you up to? used by god or whatever yeah well there there have been one or two people i've met who have addictions of different kinds okay and in my job at the moment as youth pastor at a church in chichester Mm. um there are one or two young people who i meet who do have different types of addictions yeah um and whereas i don't feel qualified to understand everything they're going through Mm. i can at least talk with them and pray with them from a point of view of an ex-addict albeit a different addiction yeah so I find that helpful. Okay. And I think also it's freed me up to to pursue what I think God wants for me. Mm. So uh, a year and a half ago in, in, in July 2015, I relocated my family to Chichester mm. to take this youth pastor job. Yeah. And I really feel that um, had I still been gambling, yeah. I would have been in no position to lead the youth and children of the church. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that I'm perfect. I need to stress that. And I still have... 
um, various other little addictions which sure, rare their, which you know show themselves. Yeah. Um, and I'm working through all that, yeah. but this all-encompassing thing. Still, it's been a massive change, it's, yeah, isn't it? Huge God's change. done something amazing in Absolutely. on the inside of you. Absolutely. Um, which is brilliant. So, um, Nick, thank you so much. Okay. And um, I hope that's uh, been encouraging and inspiring for you to listen to. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye.